it's an amazing piece of gear. I'm, yeah. And it, it, just like the grand, I, mean, I think I, I use the grandmother for bass in probably every single song that I make. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great sense. I can nerd out on gear all night. Oh yeah. We can we can nerd out on gear on the show a little bit. Speaking of the show, welcome to the long play listening party. Show <laughs> <laughs> where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, synthesizers, and whatever else sounds good to us. Of course, I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Nate Holt, Astrology's Music, my co-host. What's going on, Nate? How is everybody doing? And we are joined once again by Joel and Daniel from Serene Fiend. Joel, how are you? Great, great. Thanks for having us. And Daniel, what's going on? What y'all doing? I did a different What are y'all two doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like different ones. Uh, We're going to be listening to effectively side two of Elegies and Effigies, the new album from Serene Fiend. You can stream it ad-free, for free, at serenefiend.bandcamp.com. Of course, you can also purchase it there, uh, which we highly encourage. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Should if we you just buy get it, into some better. music, Nate? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, let's jump into some music. Got another... Long nine inch nails texture session on this one. <laughs> That's one of the many things we come to this record for, I think. I just love how all the drums, I mean, I think these drums sound a little more like, yes, they're uh, programmed, but I mean, earlier. Those drums sounded, I mean, you know, could have been a live drummer playing that stuff. I'm, thank you. I, I yeah. definitely, especially on the opening track on Monument, yeah. I, I really tried to yeah. emphasize that a bit. Yeah. Yeah, thank for, you. for sure. Joel, yeah. Joel on, this, on this one, did uh, was this one of the drum tracks you ran through the Tascam for Saturation? I can't remember if I did it on this one. It sounds like it, yes. It does sound like yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really very, squishy and yeah. grimy. Yeah, yeah. I, I did so much experimenting with that thing. I, I wish I had room to keep it set up in here. I, it's in a closet right now, unfortunately. Dude, can can you growl like that? Or did yeah, you I'm trying to do it live. Yeah, that, Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. I, you know, I'm a big death metal head, but I've never had a reason to, like, death growl, so... I, I pulled it out on this one. <laughs> that was fucking great, yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. Doing it live is going to be a whole other thing, but I'm starting to find my voice in rehearsals. It'll be better when I have a monitor shooting straight at my face. <laughs> right, because you don't want your actual vocal volume to be very loud, right? No, because that's when you start getting into like the harsh territory that actually like hurts your voice. Yeah, a proper growl and scream is generally about as loud as your talking voice. Yep. Well, maybe while we're talking about voice, kind of Joel. I mean, I want to talk about lyrics. 
this record really goes some places. It goes to some dark places. There are rays of mm-hmm. hope, maybe. The rays of hope are undercut <laughs> at other times, maybe. <laughs> so I don't really have a particular entry point, but I, I, other than maybe to just observe, I, I think the lyrics are very good. And one of the ways in which they're good is that they're very raw. And they're very... You kind of tear your chest open and lay your heart out. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, man, what's what's that like? <laughs> uh, it's my first time doing it, honestly. Um, you know, I, I did it a little bit with some of the, the previous Serene Fiend stuff, but there still was this, like, kind of step between me and the voice that ended up on the recording. Um, this is, you know, reflecting on, you know, a couple of very specific times in my life and instances that conjured some of these thoughts and feelings. And then the lyrics in this is processing all of that and um, learning how to embrace change and how to become a different person but also realizing that you need to quite truly kill off certain parts of you in order for that to happen and depending on the severity of that sometimes that's more traumatic than other times and um you know i i think topics of self-improvement death life rebirth all of that, I think they're topics that we shouldn't ever tiptoe around because they're very important. And I'm not one to mince words when it comes to those topics. I'll be as honest as possible about those things. And I think this record is a reflection of some of that reflection that I did uh, while writing all of this. yeah, it, it's it's all very melancholic, but like you said, there's this tinge of hope that pervades the narrative of the entire record. Is it hard to write? I mean, I agree with everything you said, but I find it hard to go to that place where I'm not filtering and, and I'm reducing that distance between how I really feel and what's going on the record as much as possible. Yeah. It definitely can be. Um, I think my main advantage I have is I graduated college with a creative writing degree for poetry. So I have a lot of experience of doing exercise and channeling certain parts of my voice and my brain and my emotion and learning how to structure all of that. And then stepping away from it and then being able to come back and look at it and restructure it and edit it so that I can create some kind of narrative with it if I want, you know. Um, English and poetry were like my huge passion while I was in college and I got accepted to grad school for it but ended up not going. Um, And music and lyricism is now just the, the thing that exists in my life that you know, helps me sustain that interest because I don't really write poetry or do anything like that anymore. I just channel it into my lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Punch you in the face at the end there. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> just so hammer, good. hammer fisting. 
Yeah, that, that track was a lot of fun. That track, um, Unto Myself, um, Don't Want to Die to a Certain Extent, Manufactured, and There Is No, that track. Those have existed for like three years at this point. This album has, mm. the composition of it has stretched out for so long. Finally, it's nice to finally get it out. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can move on a little bit now after this album comes out. Look look to the next venture a bit. Uh, are there any other songs that were, um, you know, a little bit older, or because you said I think you mentioned it three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about the rest? Are they uh, more recent or or they? they... So, Unto Myself was the first one that came into focus, and that was the summer of 18. Okay. And, and, um, Don't Wanna Die was pretty soon after that. There Is No was pretty soon after that. Manufactured was pretty soon after that. And then the rest kind of trickled in, in the, like, summer and winter of 19. And I finished lyrics on everything during the pandemic, when the pandemic first dropped in spring of 20 i that's when i like laid down the lyrics for a lot of stuff and then it was just like really it was a waiting game of like well there's no reason to put this out right now i can't present it the way i want to because shows aren't a thing and i it was just biding time you know it was basically done for an entire this last year um I just was waiting for the right time to release it, and I released singles on my birthday uh, over the pandemic successively. So I was like, "Why not? Third year, I'll just release the whole thing on my birthday." So that's what's happening. There you go. percussion in this yeah, segment that I really am proud of. I was about to ask about that. Yeah, that's that's uh, weird samples that I, or not weird, the samples themselves aren't weird, it's a lot of just like smashing things together, yeah. uh, but then just processing the hell out of it and making it unrecognizable, yeah. you know? I, I really geek out about the destruction of samples. We get our, back to our death metal influence here. I think that death metal influence is really important to the really important ingredient in this whole stew that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's not always, that's not even often something you get in sort of goth rock or industrial. I mean, there's some real crossing of streams here, but it's cohesive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad it's cohesive. Cause sometimes it's hard for me to like re- remove myself and what I want to hear in a composition and have it actually make sense to someone who's not me. <laughs> um, 
So I, I, it's really nice to hear you say that because I did work very hard on trying to get the industrial, the death metal, and like the just generic like pop hook structure stuff to all meld, you know? Yeah, no, you you succeeded so well that it like kind of hadn't crossed my mind until just now. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that is like kind of a separate strain of influence that isn't always present in in this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you knocked that one out of the park. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Daniel's not in gonna... agreement for the record. <laughs> I would like the note taker to note that Daniel's not. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, I think one of the reasons why the whole Hypermortal crew is kind of on this wavelength with Joel is because we're huge, like, Opeth fans. And uh, and they were always about that, that stark contrast between, like, the beauty and the melancholy and then, like, their really gritty you know, death metal stuff going on, the uh, Swedish type death metal. And, uh, and you know, while we often compose and stuff in these progressive domains, um, like that dynamic has always been an essential aspect of like a live performance for us. And I think Joel kind of hit it on the head with, with a lot of these compositions, like going between the, the melancholy and the angst and the the ennui and the anger and uh, and then like the hope and beauty and then the darkness and destruction like it it makes for compelling you know live sound in general I love the end synth there man uh, thank you that that's more just let me see how how destroyed I can make this and how no, I, I, autom- automate generation plugins so it yeah it changes and how it distorts over time and stuff yeah just making it an organic it, like making synths sound more organic than they are electronic is like one of my favorite avenues to navigate and and having you know the same like 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 again yeah, the same kind of arpeggio stuff just evolve. And, and adding stuff into it and making it different. Look, the Hydra sense that I have, uh, there's there's so many um, ways that you can get things to modulate. Yeah. Uh, for, just from the front panel to shift sounds into different things. That's where shit gets wild. <laughs> well, and the MS-20 too, I mean, those things that just, like, alive. The high pass filter, you get it resonating. The uh, the ESP, if you like, run it through its own ESP and like distort that way. And then, like, I swear the envelopes don't trigger the same every time. Like, it just oh, they don't. There's just some slip in the envelopes. That's that's why that synth is so beautiful. It, it's like its own organic fucking organism. It's so good. This is the song that I have to pay licensing fees on. <laughs> I need you more than anything in my life. I want you more than anything in my life. I want you more than anyone in my life. I love you more than anyone. This is my only guitar solo contribution. 
I just love that sense, those, that pad under it. I love textures like that, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we're we're one in the same. <laughs> yeah. Serene Fiend's kind of had a, a history in of doing some some covers. Um, like it seems like every just about every year that we've been active uh there's been a pretty kick-ass cover going down like one in particular my favorite was the uh einstuzende neubauten song we did for fiend of us yeah um and then of course like refugee went over pretty well in the very early days uh, i can't YouTube believe cover. how many people knew that song when we would perform it there would be so that we punk played- is like the natural yeah, yeah I can't wait I can't wait to perform this one at the show and see people's reactions even when we did Rammstein for that one show there was like eight uh, people yeah. in the crowd who were just like <laughs> they were so stoked but that's yeah, I forgot that's, we did that Rammstein song that was, yeah, that was a and, good one that's like the beauty of ephemera to me is like I was like for better or for worse, I was like, no, we're doing that song for this one show, and people who go to this show, we're going to hear Serene Fiend cover Rammstein, and no one else is going to hear it. Like, it's just like, it, it's the show you go to is special for a specific reason. So is there any, like, what was the process like of saying, I'm going to do this cover, now I'm going to find out what I got to do to be able to for do it legally for that Daft Punk one specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the the root of it comes from Sharp Nine. We actually covered that song for our last couple of years as a band. It is my favorite, one of my favorite moments on stage with them is doing that song. And I was was kind of obsessed with the lyrics and how simple they are, but how you know they're very sad, but they're very romantic and beautiful you know there's a lot of layer of emotion in those very simple lyrics and it just made sense and it fit into the serene fiend ethos pretty seamlessly so it's like how do i take that otherwise very funky minimalist composition and make it dark brooding melancholic and industrial in some way you know and that that song probably went through two, three, four iterations before I landed on something that I was like, okay, this is this is it, and then yeah. it, it fell together pretty quickly after that. The solo took me forever, though. <laughs> I, I could not find a solo that I was happy with on that.
Are you happy to be with me? Are you happy to be here? Are you happy to be? Santa Claus, battle to rust. Now it's the Behringer Neutron Party, baby. <laughs> it says a lot that uh, when a section can just hold our attention like that, right? <laughs> Without planning, you know, just like, yeah, this needs some space. Yeah, it's that big emotional denouement, you know, right at the end there. Just uh, capitulates the the record's narrative a little bit and kind of recolors everything just a little bit to send you off to the, the outro um i had a lot of fun writing the lyrics for for that song in particular as drab as they might be um i i really enjoyed the the writing process for those lyrics do you do most of your vocals on a sm7b or do you have a condenser? The uh, majority is SM7, and then there was a couple okay. instances on here where I did them with just a um, SM58, um, and I just ran them through my color box just to give them a little nice. more spank. Yeah. Um, but then I I found a video um, that detailed how to just do a front-end EQ to basically match the frequency response of an SM7. So sometimes I will just straight up apply that up front to the SM58 and then just give it some of that SM7 character just in the front-end so it sounds familiar, you know, when I'm recording and stuff. You do it all in your, like, room space at the time, or did you do it yeah, in yeah. the library? This record, Vocals, was probably half and half the library and home. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how much, like, you know, neutral environment you were using for Not a lot. I mean, all of, all of the screaming on There Is No was, like, right here where I'm sitting. Um, uh, something About Us was all here. Um, yeah, just not not babying it not caring too much just like trying to, just trying to get a vibe you know and just if the take didn't sound very good or if there was a reflection i just physically turned my body a little bit and i'm like all right i'll try it now you know and then you just see what happens yeah that last track was definitely vibey <laughs> yeah the so that was a new neutron that was a neutron at the end there yeah, yeah, that was that was the neutron and just bleeding in the second voice as it yeah. went on, mm-hmm. and um, I think there's a third track eventually to get that harmony at the end. But um, yeah, that's the majority of that is just the neutron by itself. Crazy. It's a fat synth. It, it, it is a <laughs> fat synth, and I and I love using it because I, I have a an SQ1 um, sequencer, and I love yep. just getting. You know, fun little, you know, five, seven weird odd step sequences with yep. Neutron with that thing. And just, I'll, I'll, I'll sequence it and then just let it ride and just turn the volume down and just have it in the background, like while, while I'm just chilling or like, um, like I did it once when I was cooking. I just like left a, a fucking sequence go in the background and stuff, you know, just like total environmental music stuff. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's why you have sense, man. That's why yeah. I mean, if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Generative exactly. cooking. Make, it, make him work. <laughs> make them work. We, we should say for the listeners, when Joel said a minute ago, you know, the vocals, some vocals were done at the library. Uh, Lawrence Public Library has an incredible recording studio available for free to library card holders. So number one, if you're a Lawrence resident, go get your library card if you haven't already. Number two, consider checking out the library studio. If there's some music you want to experiment with or, or video editing or podcasting, whatever the case might be. Um, and we'll put a link to that in the description as well. But just an incredible resource for people in this town. I've it's used it myself. Pretty freaking modular synth down there. Yep. Yep. You want to if you want to get all the way into modular synthesis, we've got a great starting point for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm I'm the the manager of the space now, so your reservation, the approval goes through me, and I'll be the person there helping you get started. So come on through. Awesome. Sweet. So that's uh, elegies and effigies. I don't know. Is there anything, guys, that we didn't touch on or that you want to add to uh, to what we've said? got cds and a couple pieces of merch that will be available um right as the the album drops and we'll have them in person at the release show um uh, like we said ebony tuss and young machetes at the release show on august 27th um and that's just gonna be bonkers from top to bottom i you know those guys are so insane and they're so awesome at what they do um it's gonna be a privilege to have them performing with us that night and um you know Serene Fiend all live for the first time ever at that show. It's going to be gonna spectacular. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And uh, um, I've got uh, some visual ideas that me and Nick from Quiet Vessel, our graphic designer, we're kind of mulling over some possibilities so we can make the visuals stand out a little bit and just really, really make it worth everyone's time to come out and celebrate this album. Nice. Cool. And it's available at serenefiend.bandcamp.com. Joel, Daniel, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. The pleasure was all mine. Yeah. Tremendously appreciate you reaching out and setting this up. It's, uh, it's awesome. No, thanks for coming on. It's great to talk to you, man. Yeah. It's always good to see you guys. Always. Uh, hope, I hope you get a little more exposure on Instagram. I know working out some of the kinks been difficulty but uh it's it's always nice to see you pop up on my feed instead of ads for uh, i don't know like weight loss supplements or something or or like uh russian cam girls i yeah, yeah. <laughs> instagram is is there's a shortage of music producers in missouri and i'm i'm just I, i'm not taking advantage of a tremendous opportunity that's that's what that's what I get from Instagram ads. Well, listeners, tell us about Sorry your to Instagram hear ads. The long play LP. <laughs> yeah, tell me about your worst Instagram ad. Uh, get on us on any of our uh, any of our social channels. Given that uh, Instagram is giving us some headaches at this point, you know, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform are the best bets uh, to stay up with all the latest and greatest shows. This has been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody. Later.